0: Shake it.
1: We both just calmed down from a bit of a laughing fit, so that's probably as good a time as any to start the podcast. I was already
0: calm. I was quite calm, but somebody gave themselves a little fright. <laughs>
1: happens <laughs> to the best of us.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Welcome back to the podcast as we get into episode six of this series, Adventures in Renovating for Profit. I'm Scott Keenan. I'm driving the podcast today.
0: And I'm Lauren Keenan. I'm an interior stylist and decorator.
1: And the host of this
0: and the host, good yes, little podcast.
1: Of and today's podcast is thanks to Mortgage Choice in Neutral Bay, our trusted mortgage broker who can help you find the right home loan for you.
0: And that's actually right on point, because today's episode is about building a budget for renovating success.
1: So important in, uh, in a renovation project to get the uh, the bottom line right and to get your budgeting right.
0: Well, that's why you do it, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, yes, you want to enjoy it as you go along, but... You want to make some money out of it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, or if you're doing it for yourself and you're going to live in it, you don't want to break the bank if you can do it a bit uh, more cost effectively by managing your budget properly.
0: That's right. So, the purpose of this episode is to help you get to grips with just how important a budget is. We're going to go through some of the pitfalls and give you some simple tools to build a budget for renovation success.
1: Yeah, we'll give you our thoughts based on our experience and expertise. Plus, we're going to hear from Bondi builder Marshall Keane, who we introduced to you in the last episode, episode five of this. season and he's got a couple of great tips around balancing a budget when you're working with a builder on a renovation project but first let's give you a few of our thoughts some of the key things that we think are important when you are building a budget for renovation success
0: so the first thing is, and we did touch on this, Scotty, in the last episode, I think it's important to mention it again because it is relevant to this budgeting t- uh, topic, yep. and that is think with your head, not your heart. And that goes for whether you're planning to rent out the property when you finish the renovation or if you're going to flip it. It's a business decision.
1: And your rule from the last episode was about 80-20, right?
0: 80-20, yeah. You want to have a little bit of soul in this place, but at the end of the day, it's a business uh, investment, a business decision
1: what do you think though, when um, you say it 's a renovation on on the home that you 're living in, um, how much room do you want to leave in the budget for for heart? Is there a, a heart contingency in the budget?
0: Oh, look, if it's your home that you're living in, I I definitely think the heart ratio goes up. But I think you would want to have a bit of a um, a game plan in place. So how long are you planning on staying in the property? Is it only for the next five years? Or is it a a home that you plan on being in for 20 years? Those kinds of factors are going to help um, make the decisions about head versus heart.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And one of the key questions to start with is how much do you actually spend on a renovation like this? When you're building a budget, do you start by looking at individual jobs and what you think you might do, or do you go, this is how much money we think we should be spending on it and work backwards from there?
0: Look, I think personally, and the way we did it, it is a bit of both. So, the old rule used to be you'd spend around 10% of the cost of the property on the renovation. That number kept coming up a lot as I was doing research for our renovation. Um, so, you say you spent 600000 on a property, be a very cheap property yeah. um, these days, um, <laughs> but your RETO budget would be around the 60 k mark. You know, in some instances, that probably rings true, but I'd be having a chat with um, your real estate agent that you're planning on selling it through to find out if. If, you know you recoup that money in that market
1: yeah, uh, you, you don't you want to overcapitalize right and in our uh, case we spent less than 10 percent.
0: i think definitely have that discussion with your real estate about how much these renovated properties are going for uh, in the area um you're in it to profit so don't overspend and as you said scotty we were renovating to rent it out so our percentage was even lower yep so it was around the six to seven percent mark of, yeah, which, of the purchase price.
1: If it is, you know, the six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars for an investment, and you're looking to spend some money, you can do some pretty decent work at you know eighty, ninety thousand dollars for a, for a, a renovation.
0: Absolutely, and I think as part of your planning process, which we talked about in the last episode, you know, when you're tallying up how much you think you're going to have to spend on this property, if it is more than the ten percent, or it is more than the six to seven percent, if you're planning on renting it out, it's probably not. The right investment for you.
1: Yeah, and that's a, a personal decision that everybody will have to make themselves and like I've said in earlier episodes, do it in consultation with the experts that you trust if it's your mortgage broker, your, you know, your bank, uh, your accountant or your builder who can all help to sort of feed information into that decision making process before you get started when you're setting this budget.
0: And I think another thing to remember is when you're doing a renovation like the ones we're talking about is that a little bit of smoke and mirrors does go a long way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that one of the tricks of the trade?
0: Of course it is. I mean, you, you you want to make something look as amazing as possible. You know, like that example I gave in the last episode about the $90 per square metre floor tile as opposed to 30 per square meter floor tile. So that way, 10 times quickly. I know, it's really hard to roll off the tongue. <laughs> you don't need to have the best of everything, but it's how you put it together and it's how you present it to buyers or possible tenants.
1: And is it the same then when you're setting your budget? Some items you might think about spending a bit more on, but if you're starting to push the upper limits of your budget and you don't have as much left, you might think, well, there might be a a cheaper option on one of the items that I still need to to purchase in order to complete the project, like an air conditioner or like carpet or or something else?
0: Yeah, look, I think it's really important to prioritise the funds that you do have available and work out what you think really does need to be done and the best quality work you can do that sits within your budget.
1: And so think about that not just in the context of where you'll put your effort but where you'll put your money and what that will do to the other items um, and the other budget lines that you have in your budget.
0: Kitchens and bathrooms are very big ticket items. Um, If you're going to be flipping the house then that's probably a great use of your money because as I say, kitchens sell houses and I really do think that that is still true. If you walk into a house and it has an amazing kitchen, it has a tendency to to make you fall in love with the rest of the house because things like bedrooms are quite easy to fix um but if if the kitchen's not great, then you know, you know as a buyer, you're gonna to have to spend money on that. And just remember, though, that those big ticket items, those um, larger spend rooms, are going to cost you a lot more to renovate. So, you'll have to um, work out how you're going to allocate the funds within the money that you do have available for the renovation. And one of the things that I really liked that Marshall um, Keane was talking to us about the Bondi, um, builder. the Bondi Builder was when you buy a property to uh, renovate for profit, if it's got a brand new kitchen or a new near new new bathroom and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it it's just maybe not to your particular taste don't get rid of it that would just be crazy that would just be a waste of money
1: yeah and, and effort and time right
0: Absolutely. Let's see what
1: Marshall had to say about that. If you purchase the wrong property where money has already been spent in certain areas of of the home, which is reflective in the the sale price, and then you're going and demolishing that section of the house, you're spending money on something that you shouldn't be destroying. Look at all the areas where you're going to be spending money and don't be doubling up. If there's already a a brand-new kitchen in the house that you love, work your design around maintaining that kitchen as it is don't go pulling things out and reinstating them and spending money twice that's a really good tip there from marshall and something well worth thinking about when you are looking at those big ticket items It was something that we had to do uh, in the property that that we renovated. Um, We decided not to renovate a kitchen, as we've talked about previously, and put the money instead into the bathroom. And I think for us that was money well spent, and he makes a really great point about how you allocate your budget on a project like this and not spending money if you don't need to.
0: So on the flip side, if you're going to be renting it out, don't forget you only need to renovate what needs to be done and just to make it comfortable for your tenants. If it's comfortable and it's freshened up, they're going to love it.
1: Exactly right. In a moment, we're going to take you through the specific tips for building your budget. But first, finding the money for a new home or even a renovation can be really tough. And there are so many lenders and products out there. So we want to talk to you a little bit about a service provider that we recommend and who we think could help you.
0: Just like when you're looking for a good tradie or an interior stylist. I know one of those. (laughs) It always helps to get a recommendation from someone that you trust, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) We worked with Stephen Lem and the team at Mortgage Choice Neutral Bay in Northern Sydney for years. They helped us into our first home with a great deal that was right for us, and Stephen has looked after us ever since.
1: So if you're looking for someone that you can trust to help find the right home loan for you, then we can absolutely recommend Stephen and the team to look after you as well. Just search Mortgage Choice Neutral Bay. So we've talked a little bit about some high-level principles and some of the things that you should think about when you're starting to put together your budget and working out how much money you've got to spend. But what about, Lauren, when you've, you know, you've worked out how much you want to spend, you've, you know, you've bought the property, you're starting to get ready, you know, you're nearly settling and you're like, I've got to get in there and start building out this budget and building out my worksheet. What are the tools that you need for putting together a budget.
0: Okay, Scotty. So first up, you need a spreadsheet. Uh, we talked about our preferred uh, types of spreadsheets in the last episode. So um, Excel or Google, Google Sheets is great. And we also talked about Researching how much things cost, like carpet or fly screens, curtains, things like that. And these estimates will now feature in your budget.
1: Being as specific as you can with those estimates, uh, you know, when you start building your budget prior to starting work is really essential to working out how many things you can actually afford to do within your set budget. So wherever you can, if you can research a specific cost of a line item, be specific and be conservative or Or uh, what's the opposite? I guess guess conservative in how much you'll you'll spend and say, look, I think it might cost X, but it might be X plus 10%. Try to nail that as you're building out these budget line items.
0: And look, a lot of this information can be found online. Also, sometimes it helps just to pick up the phone and call a couple of, um, you know, say it's roofing, Call, call a couple of roofing companies and ask just generally speaking how much they charge for the specific work that you need done. And there'll be a bit of give and take because until they come out, and actually have a look at the property, they won't know for sure, but at least you're getting an estimate, an idea of how much you'll have to spend.
1: And if you can talk to a couple, if you speak to the first one and they tell you a number and you think, wow, that sounds so far off, uh, way too much or or Or, on the the flip side, way too too little, um, ring another one and see what they say and you'll probably, after speaking to two people, you'll get a pretty good feel for what you're going to be up for.
0: I won't lie, it can be quite time consuming, but I really feel like it's an important step that if you miss it out, you'll pay for it down the track, quite literally.
1: You did a great job managing that workflow and those um, Excel spreadsheets to keep on top of what um, our spending was and what our estimates were as we were building out the budget. And I thought one of the really clever things was, and this sounds simple, and it might even sound silly, but having a, a laptop that you could actually log on to on-site was really effective so that you could keep working as you went.
0: Yeah, so I've just got a little MacBook Air It pretty much weighs. Nothing was just really simple for me to take um, to the renovation site and just have it in the car with me. You can hotspot to your mobile phone if you don't have like a what do they call those things? A dongle,
1: a bit old school, but yeah.
0: Yeah, so basically, um, just to get down to the nitty gritty for our budget. We had four key columns in the budget. So
1: this is important, get your pens and paper out here because this is the key bits of information that you need to help build a budget for renovation success. So shoot, Lauren.
0: Okay, so column one is really simple. It's just literally um, the item or the description of the work that you're going to do. So it might be landscaping, it might be painting, basically just making a list to start with um, down the left-hand side of the spreadsheet of all the different job areas um, that are going to be using your budget.
1: And as you work through the process, you also added in line items as you got more detailed information, right? So bathroom might have been 10 grand to start with, but then if bathroom fittings based on the, the quotes that you received from the place where you got the bathroom fittings from, you were able to sort of put in what those actual costs were rather than just an estimate, which was what we'd started yeah, with, right? Well,
0: that's we're gonna to get to that. That's in future columns. So that's actually a good point. It just made me think of something else. So, you know, initially I might have just had bathroom as a single line entry in, in the spreadsheet. And then I found out that it was going to work better if we purchased the bathroom fitting separately and then the the bathroom renovation was just the builder's cost. So I split those two out onto a onto separate lines anything like that that can make it clearer for you and just make it a bit easier to like track your receipts and stuff is, yeah. is a good good way you need to be flexible as well like the budget's not oh my god the budget's done I can't change anything and Absolutely. it needs to work for you along the way.
1: It's got to be flexible and you have to be prepared to be able to make changes as you move along but I guess the point I was making was that uh, where new information comes to hand or where you can be a bit more detailed and add that in as you go it will help you make sure that you're you're meeting your budget because you're getting a better understanding of where the money is going as you go through the process.
0: Column two then um, is how much you're budgeting for that particular particular job and that'll come out of the research that you've done that we were just talking about making the phone calls getting a bit of a feeling for how much you're going to have to spend so that's the second column
1: so it's based on either estimates or actuals if you know for example like you were just saying you're going to buy a a fitting or a x amount of tiles or whatever it is and
0: you've worked out
1: you've worked out how much it's going to be then then you put in there shouldn't be any surprises
0: with things like that no
1: not at that point in terms of what you're budgeting correct
0: the third column is how much you've spent to date. I feel like we perhaps um, kept Bunnings afloat for the, um, <laughs> the several months that we were doing our renovation for. Yep. We made so many trips to Bunnings. Um there were lots of reasons why we went to Bunnings, but one of the main ones was paint. And quite often it's difficult to buy all your paint in one hit because you're never quite sure Just how much you're what kind need. of coverage you're going to get That's if you right. need to go back and get another tin. Say you've got an overall budget for painting of $1,000, or well, paint itself. As you go and you make these multiple trips to buy more paint, you add that into your total. So it's showing how much you've spent of that $1,000 so far.
1: And it might be that you end up, Underspending because you estimated that it was you were going to need more paint than what you ended up needing. It might also be that you you overspend and by tracking how much you're spending as you go against your budget, it will yeah, give you a good and, sense for and how so you're tracking. That's
0: our final column. It's about how you're tracking against your budget, and it's a really good snapshot to see, um, yeah, whether or not you've gone over or under. If you've gone under, that's fantastic. Um, if you can keep that money and not spend it, that's great. If that ends up you know, something unforeseen comes up and you have to chuck that into the contingency pot, then then at least you know that you haven't overspent the budget overall.
1: Yeah, so at the bottom of each of these columns you should have a, a subtotal. So you'll have a subtotal for the amount that you've budgeted for each of the, the items. You'll have a subtotal for what you've spent to date um, and you'll have a, a subtotal for what you're tracking over or under. Your point about having this third column that tracks for each line item how you're going is a really good idea because it's difficult to understand how you're going with your expenditure and whether you're going to make budget or not if all you've got is an overall figure of um, what the budget is and how much you've spent. But if you can break it out line by line, which is the the budgeted number minus the amount that you've spent, which will give you for each line item whether you're sitting in in surplus or, or deficit, and that will tell you where you. Might might need to rein some things in or have a bit of freedom to spend a bit more. And we should fess up here that we didn't implement this right from the very start of our innovation project, did we? we? We learnt along the way. Um, we got to the point a couple of weeks in where we thought we were tracking okay, but we weren't doing it in a really detailed way. And we started to be unsure about, well, how much money can we spend on things that are popping up in the, in the project? Well,
0: because as well, it's not... When you're busy and you work doing a lot of things and you're managing a lot of things, you might not necessarily immediately put the receipt into a spreadsheet to show how much you're spending to date. You might do it every second day or every third day. So that's why it's good if you've got a bundle of receipts to have that extra column showing whether or not you're above or below your budget. It, it just gives you a little bit of peace of mind moving forward.
1: So receipts from the people providing services or from the shops you're visiting are really important and you've got to hang on to them, right?
0: You do. I found a lot of places um, would email through receipts, which was great. When I received an email with a receipt, I just popped it straight into a folder, into the Google Drive, just so that they were all there come tax time. I have to admit, I did go old school on all the Bunnings um, Mm -hmm. and other like miscellaneous receipts for different bits and pieces. Uh, I just didn't have time to scan those in or take photos, so... You I them literally, in a I literally, no, I literally had a, a folder which I just got from Office Works or Woolies or something, and I just popped them all in there. And I still obviously used those then to tot up my totals um, and know how much we were spending. So they were all still handy. And when I reconciled it at the end of the project, it actually had every single receipt, Ooh. which high five because that is no mean feat. <laughs>
1: well done. So, hang on to your receipts and talk to us about contingencies.
0: So, having a contingency set into your budget really just allows for any of those unforeseen problems that come up, um, gives you a little bit of money to solve those problems. You never know when you might need a new water heater or if the previous owners had stored asbestos under the house or there's a multitude of things that a contingency could be used for. I really think it's important to have a contingency of around 20%. 20% is really comfortable. Yep. But at a minimum, 10%.
1: Yeah, and you shouldn't necessarily plan to spend it. No,
0: you shouldn't plan to spend it at all because it's there for... An emergency.
1: If, if you don't need to spend it, and you can pocket that at the end, then that's great. Um, it doesn't mean putting, you know, an extra ten grand into a bathroom just because it will make it look because, better. Because and
0: because you knew you had the contingency. Because you knew the,
1: the contingency you might need in the last few days for something, something that's totally unforeseen happens. Yeah. And, it's, and it's really vital, as you said. We had a couple of things like that crop up. Um, well, we the water had, heater was a, a it, great example. It was,
0: and, and also um, we ended up having to concrete some of the, the back um, back area near the driveway because it was going to be too. Wet, very difficult for the tenants to live with. That wasn't something that we initially had planned for, so we had to spend a little bit more money on that.
1: So that's the contingency line item. Uh, the other thing that, um, in addition to the stuff you're spending on the house while you're doing the renovation, is the stuff that comes afterwards.
0: Oh, it doesn't stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the outgoings continue, people. What else have we got to factor in? Once you've done the job, you're also going to be then either selling or renting it, right? You And are. there's a whole bunch of costs that come with that. That's and right. If you're planning, for example, um, to rent it. You're going to have your ongoing mortgage repayments. The rent will cover some of that probably, but yeah, there's a whole bunch and, of other stuff, right? and you don't right? know
0: whether or not you'll have hope to have renters in there as soon as possible, but Bet there, might, might, there might be a few weeks or a month or so that you're covering that yourselves. So, yeah, depending on whether or not you're planning to flip it or to get tenants in there, there'll be different sets of outgoings that you'll have. So, capital gains tax, which I know we talked about in quite an early episode yep. in this season, Agents' fees, your agents' commission, marketing costs.
1: If you're selling it, yep.
0: Yep. Um, management fees, which we're going to be talking about a bit more in an upcoming episode. Yeah, episode
1: eight when we talk about um, renting out or selling your renovated property.
0: And also insurance. So if you're planning Ooh, yeah. on putting tenants in there, you know, you're going to have to have more building insurance and landlord's insurance in case something happens to the property or they don't pay the rent. You need to be covered. So these are all costs that you need to be at least aware of um, going into it
1: there are reasonable service providers that can give you basic cover that will do what you need to do but it's not something you can go without and it's something you must budget for
0: yes so why don't you hit me with the key takeouts for this episode scotty
1: well i i think there was a few there was set the total budget for renovation before you start
0: very good, yes. Which was super important.
1: Six to seven percent or ten percent if you're feeling really flush with cash. But
0: talk to your real estate agent first. <laughs> yeah, to find
1: out how much they think you can uh, sell it or, or rent, rent it, it out it for. for. Yep. yep. This was one of my ones that I was pretty tough on, which was um, record your spending as you go and make sure you do not go over the budget line by line. Uh, really, really important. And keeping every receipt is really helpful to make sure you're tracking how you're going. And
0: that's for warranties as well. So if you're installing fans or new lights or a range hood, you, know, you need to have the warranties for those things because you will be able to get them replaced if something goes wrong.
1: Yeah, and for tax purposes too. And always include a contingency in your plan for those things that pop up along because the way. Because they
0: will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know
1: it will, Phil. You'll get stung, and uh, it's it's not it's not pretty if you haven't Don't got money say to cover we it. We haven't warned you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the top takeouts, and yeah, you know, we hope that. All of that information has been really useful to help you plan for success and to build a budget for renovation success. Really, that is the bedrock for a successful renovation project.
0: Yep, budgeting and planning.
1: I think we've said that a few times.
0: I know, starting to sound like a bit of a nag.
1: Yeah, but really important. If you've got any questions about some of the stuff that we've raised today, if there's some stuff you're unsure of or you want some more information on, feel free to hit us up on the socials or you can email <laughs> Lauren, Lauren at the socials uh, on Instagram Lauren is at Lauren Keenan home and I'm traveling man underscore AU.
0: what's coming up in the next episode Scotty
1: well in the next episode we tell you why asking for help may be just the smartest thing you can do in a renovation project
0: nice to hear a man admit that
1: (laughs) (laughs) well um, that is in the next episode of the podcast thanks to mortgage choice neutral bay our trusted mortgage broker who can help to find the right home loan for you
0: that's it for today podcasters enjoy your adventures in renovating for profit
1: and if you're looking for an interior stylist or you need help with a design renovation or building project get in touch with us on the socials or email lauren at finditstyler.com.au. see you guys